Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast is partnered with Downcast Apparel, tattoo-inspired, eco-friendly clothing. They have a sale on right now and you can get pieces from as little as one pound. I actually own some Downcast Apparel clothing myself, uh, as well as some badges, and I just can't recommend them enough. You can find them on Instagram at Downcast Apparel or on their website, www.downcastapparel.com. Hello and welcome to the Tourette's podcast. I'm Tara and I may or may not have Tourette's. In September 2020, I developed vocal and motor tics after an emotional trigger. So now I'm undergoing referrals to see what is happening in my brain. Each episode, I'll be speaking to a guest as we discuss mental health, Tourette's and everything in between. Warning, this will most likely contain swearing and discussions about sensitive topics. Hi, how's it going? Hello, it's going. Uh, it's going good. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Is it weird that um, I'm going to be interviewing you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to ask that question just to, you know, make it um, as unawkward as possible. <laughs> um, have you got a drink? I'm having a drink. Cheers, if you yes. are. Cheers. Cheers. I've got. I've switched it up. I'm having a gin and cranberry. Ooh, fancy UTI. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I used to drink a lot of cranberry juice when I was a kid, mm. but uh, um, I've never had issues with my bladder. Oh, well, there we go. That's a number one what, advice for... Yeah. yeah. Keep your mental health savvy. Drink yeah. cranberry juice. Yeah. <laughs> happy bladder, happy mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, no, that's meant to... Yeah, it's to be UTI, so it's the what, when, where the pee comes out. So technically, yeah, your bladder... environment, bar work. <laughs> <laughs> All bar work's awful, isn't bar it? Bar really? work. 
that was like that's also something that I wanted to get on to about anyway um was one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is like uh, how bar work affected mental health and stuff like that because for me personally um it affected my mental health in both extremes so if I was feeling really down and I knew I had to get to work I would be happy and at work or whatever and then you know whatever and then another time it would be like I knew I had to go to work and that was making me really anxious and depressed and awful and sleep schedules and stuff like that so yeah I just wanted to because oh, yeah. obviously we used to work together so it'd be quite nice to talk about late nights and the lifestyle that comes along with working in a pub yeah it's not good it's 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 not a good environment to be in if you do suffer with your mental health because it's all you know like for me anyway one of my vices is alcohol so being around alcohol and it's kind of like it just makes it so much easier to self-destruct and when you're working as well it obviously that became our kind of lives isn't it because that was our friendship yeah. so if we weren't working we were in the bar yeah. anyway yeah. and it just creates such an unstable environment oh, yeah. for someone who's vulnerable with their emotions to be in yeah 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 i um, completely agree yeah like especially with the fact that it's like if you're working tend not to drink as much obviously when you're working um but people still buy you drinks or whatever. So especially like if you have one of those nights where you used to come in and be like, all right, I'm not drinking, and someone would be like, I have a shot. I've been guilty of it. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've done that to people. People have done that to me or whatever because, to me, that was one of my – the same as you. It was like a massive vice for me to have a drink while I was working, especially if I was feeling depressed. Do you know Because yeah. it was like, I'm going to just have a drink and I'll chirp up or whatever. But then, as you said, yeah, we used to – even if we weren't working, we used to be down the pub and – drinking and you know and it just makes it easier for you to like lie to yourself because oh, yeah. when you're doing your bar work you've got to put your front on haven't you and you've got to yeah. be this extrovert kind of character to be able to deal with drunk people and you know all of that business so if you're feeling down in yourself I guess it's kind of like in a lot of in a lot of jobs you put on a brave face didn't you and I think that's the whole thing you know, the whole taboo of mental health is that no one's, you know, you, you put on this facade so that no one knows that you're yeah. Yeah, yeah. feeling like that. But when you kind of, you know, at least with office work or whatever, you're not, well, not if you work at Paramount, there's lots of wine there. <laughs> but you are, uh, you know, I guess what I'm saying is like with bar work, it is just, it's a it's harsh constant. environment. Yeah, you can't be. get away from it. At least in an office, it's not. Yeah, it's not like in your face, yeah. And it's just, yeah, I think when, when, uh, like, because I've worked in bars since I was, like, 18. Well, I don't work in them anymore, but, and, like, I'd have, I have had episodes where my mental health has got really bad at some points. And when I've had counselling, I remember one of the counsellors, so this was when I was, like, 20, 20, no, 1920, and they were like, um, oh, you know, I was like, I work in pub, they were like, you need to leave the pub, like, you can't yeah, be working I in the pub. I had that too, when I was... Yeah, and I, at the time, I just thought, well, that's my whole, that's where all my friends are, and yeah. I'm not, you know, oh, it's not going to be, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, you know, I can sort myself out, it'll be fine, yeah. I don't think it's necessary, me having to give up my job, like, I think this, you're taking that, you know, yeah. it's being too serious, like, no, but 
on ref- like looking back like yeah totally that you know working in that environment yeah I remember my when I, when I went to counselling uh, when I when I was uh, in Brighton Mental Health Hospital um, and I remember the lady that I was speaking to she was like so bar work you have like you know you don't eat properly you don't sleep properly you're constantly um in an environment where you stay out late and as most people that work in bars know your shift ends at three you don't get home until whatever time um depending if you go to someone's house after and whatever do you know what I mean like it's such a thing and at the time I was just like yeah well it's my job and like for me, a massive part of why I stayed working in pubs for such a long time was because I felt like it was the only thing that I was good at. But actually, I think I was lying to myself. I think I just quite liked having, um, co- like, cons- even people that weren't your friends felt like your friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, where it's, like, in that environment where it is, like, I know that I'm going to walk into the pub and I'm going to know somebody and then I can have a drink and I feel validated i feel like people like me and then at the end of it when you leave the pub who's still your friend do you know what i mean like you know it's like who's are they just there for you putting 20 quid in or are they you know people that are gonna come on your podcast or you know do you know what i mean like it's is a different it's to me personally um yeah like i totally said, yeah. i totally agree with that and i think as well it it all feeds into this kind of uh like alternate, 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 alternate. Yeah. yeah alternate. reality yeah. that you kind of construct in your head of when you are in these kind, when you're not thinking straight, yeah. and you kind of like weave all these thought thought stories in your head, mm-hmm. then it's not like you're not you know, like when you're feeling really low and you feel like you're a burden on everyone and you just you know like you have these thoughts on it you know it's far from the truth but when you're in that you can't you know that that's yeah. what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. so then when you're kind of having these you know like these relationships with like you said you know where it's just not stable they're not real either and they're just feeding into mm-hmm. this thing that you're building around yeah, you yeah that's the thing it's like it's people like um they like encourage each other and it's like it it doesn't seem as bad because everyone around you is doing it and it isn't until i mean i don't know if you felt like this when you like moved out of brighton and obviously it's a bit different now because you're married and you've got a child and stuff but like as soon as i moved out of brighton um i didn't want back in that lifestyle i mean it's tempting it is tempting like every now and then yes i like to have a drink whatever like have a good time but going back into that constant five days I, a week i'm know. so because i know people that are still there they're yeah. still in that rut mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. i've like uh like recently like you know like we've all been in lockdown and stuff and i've had weeks where they've been like bad weeks where i've started to notice that i'm actually like drinking way too much in the week yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> but like my you know normally like, together we're normally on zoom <laughs> yeah. get our boobs out <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um i think yeah like i'm i'm really good now at recognizing when i'm getting triggered and like drink coming you know like we're having a drink now yeah but i know when i'm kind of starting to use it as a coping mechanism yeah, yeah, and yeah. without kind of 
stepping out, like saying, like without coming out of that environment and removing myself from it, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to see it for what it was yeah. and how to protect myself. Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's definitely, um, you can't. It's weird the one because I could see that I was doing it, but I just didn't really care. And mm. I think that's because yeah. it's because of um, just you know, I think everyone, everyone I used to hang out with. Uh, whether they admit it or not, we're in a very bad mental state, and I think that is that's what happens when, like you said, like well, like we both said, when you're in a environment like that that just fuels it. It's like you know, yeah, give yeah. putting water on the flame. It's, there's nothing that the only thing that helps is if you have established real relationships with. Mm-hmm people yeah, yeah, who, 100%, yeah. who you open up to and then are aware of, of what you're going through yeah but other than that like it's the worst environment to yeah, be in yeah yeah totally i get like yeah it's definitely especially since i'm out of it now and i've had those like crazy nights or whatever you can definitely feel i feel so much better knowing that like i'll go and get like wasted or whatever with my friends that I know anyway and if I get emotional I would have got emotional regardless of whether I had a drink you know it's like one of those it's just a comfort sort of thing like that yeah but, um yeah um <laughs> uh, is there anything particular that you wanted to talk about because uh, I've got some I've said like if you wanted to talk about like your mental health experience I also was wondering if you wanted to maybe talk about what happened with Ellis and stuff and how that affected you. If you want, you don't have to. Um, whatever you're comfortable with, really. I'm just yeah, yeah. I think um, I think to be honest, like leading up to this podcast, I've been thinking about like what would I want to talk about and stuff. And I think I've never really spoken openly about my mental health. Mm-hmm. Like I've spoken to friends, yeah. but I've never been very well. When you too... first told me, I was shocked. Not that, yeah, not that I should have been. But... I think people see me as an extravert. Yeah. You're like, literally you know... talking about cunt all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah literally, though. It is. I, I know I sound like I'm taking the piss, but it is. Do you know what I mean? If people do view you like that. And that's not a bad thing. It just, you know, I, I can see why people would get kind of. Yeah. You know. I think as well, like, I still have, I'm, I'm still coming to terms with, like, not being ashamed about it as well, which I think people find difficult to believe, because they're like, you don't seem to be ashamed of anything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I, I, I am, and I am, you know, and I think, yeah, like, so I've suffered with my mental health since I was uh, very young, but, you know, didn't really speak about it, but now being able to, to look back on episodes where I really was struggling but I've always kind of just tried to deal with it myself and I've done pretty well with it and then when I hit kind of my teens and everything else with booze that's when it all kind of started going pretty sour but then since kind of going into my 20s and starting to kind of mature a bit and you know I still have I'm I have this massive self-destruct mode and uh you know I, I, ha- I had it last week, um, but like I was saying, before, like just now, I've been able to recognise when that starts, and I've been able to put in strategies to make sure that I don't go completely under, yeah. and that I can kind of work my way back yeah. up. But 
with um, Ellis, that was like to- that was like a different version of kind of depression and stuff that I've never felt before. Yeah. And do you, reckon, uh, do you reckon it's sort of like a, um, a post-traumatic stress type thing? I think now? so. Yeah, because yeah. they do say. So for the listeners, yeah. uh, my son was born at 25 plus two, 25 weeks plus two days, so super premature, and um, it all came out of like nowhere. Like it, there was no complications with my pregnancy at all, so it kind of was a huge shock that suddenly I just started going into well, I just started having cramps and then yeah. ended up going into labour. So we were in the hospital for just over three months. And Ellis has done, like, extremely well, oh, like, compared to other yeah. babies, like, he's done crazy well. But during the time we were there, you know, it was really tough, like, every, it, you know, all the babies there are having a tough time, and all of them are so different, and everyone's dealing it in a different way. Mm. But I think, like, partly, so I was staying at the hospital the whole time, and Darcy, we were just moving, so Darcy moved without me and was trying to sort all that out so mm-hmm. and he would Robert's, stay uh, Nix's husband by the way just to... sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> just we forget that there's been, yeah, yeah yeah sorry <laughs> sorry and, um, so he was like spending a lot of so we never like he was there and I was there so I just kind of planted myself in and I was in this bubble and stuff mm-hmm. but luckily the support I got from like the midwives at Brighton Hospital uh, they were absolutely incredible. And the nurses on the unit as well, they were, like, next level. Yeah. But it was just the initial, after I got discharged from the maternity, um, like, the, the unit for when you, you had your baby, yeah. um, like, you know, they didn't have to have anything else to do with me because I'd been, you know, after a week they signed you off and obviously I was being looked after by the nurses in the unit where Ellis was. Mm. But... Um, like one of them was just absolutely incredible and she you know she was like I want you to come see me every few days and let's talk stuff through and you know I opened up about my mental health and so she was like okay well have you ever thought about maybe going on to antidepressants and I hadn't well I've always been offered it and I've always said no because I always such a stigma around that isn't it yeah massive stigma I've never liked the I well, I never liked the idea of not being in control, but I didn't understand it because you of all the stigma. In control, like that kind of. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, but she kind of guided me to go see my GP, and basically was just the massive help that I needed. Mm. And eventually, when Ellis came home, and then we had like my anxieties just went through the roof because I was so worried about germs and him catching anything because he'd been on oxygen and he had chronic lung disease and everything and so like everyone now is like sanitized and I'm like if you've met Premi parent they like they're you know they're already already up there they already had their stashes of sanitizer <laughs> but uh so it was just next time when I just remember speaking to Darcy and there was just a point where, like, Darcy as well, so this is another, like, a whole other episode that you could do, is, like, you know, with men's mental health, but Darcy had no real support. Yeah, when... I've had, yeah, I had have, uh, have had conversations with him before. Yeah, and um, so, but I just remember there's one point we were just lying on the bed, and I just didn't know what to do, and I just said to Darcy, I was like, I don't know what to do, like, 
I don't know whether or not we should get a divorce because I don't know if we like if we can get through this. I just don't know yeah. right now what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just empty. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you were just walking around like a vessel, just an empty vessel. You were just getting on with things. You were looking after Ellis. That was your priority, but you just weren't there. Yeah. And I've never been so like I've been like not there, but I very good at hiding it and or I'll keep myself to myself but for someone to see me so openly not there it was really worrying and I went back to the the my GP is amazing too and you know eventually so when sorry when I was um speaking with the midwife and she said about antidepressants so she said go go to the GP speak to them and they gave me the prescription she was like you don't have to hand it in but maybe just having that prescription might give you enough comfort to kind of start kicking yourself into gear which it did start working but then um you know like ellis had a bloody bacterial meningitis and then that was like and you know and it was just all these things so eventually i was like when darcy kind of mentioned about how i was kind of being and i just thought i have to if this is the only way right now, or I need to give it a try, because it's not just me anymore, I've got Ellis now, yeah, yeah. and I've got Darcy, and I need to, I need to get myself yeah. back on track, or give, at least give myself the chance to get back yeah. on track, so I went on to Sertraline, and I had that for, uh, I think, less than a year, but um, it was great, like, it was fucking weird. Like, when you first start taking... Like MDMA, right, I heard? Right. <laughs> Dude, like, oh, I just... I just remember just, like, lying on the floor, just being like, is this going to end? Is this yeah, going to end? I remember, yeah, just I was exactly the same. So spaced out. Yeah. My oh, pupils were, like... All of my eyes yeah. were, like, black. And I was there, yeah. and I was just, like... I was throwing up and everything. They were the worst, worst, worst oh, symptoms I've They were, had. like... I got... I think it was, like, a week in and they kind of started to calm a bit down but it made me realize that it was true like the one of the counselors that I was seeing um I can't remember what they're called but I got referred to go see the uh I can't remember but she was like they don't um put you in like a different state she was like it gives your head this the time and space to be able to start thinking about okay what do I need to do to help myself out here so instead of your whole brain just being like blah, 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 it kind of just like stops it all so that you can figure yeah. things out for yourself mm-hmm. and it was so true like I just had these like I just felt that whenever my anxieties were getting higher it just gave me that breath to stop and go okay, I don't feel great right now, why, what can I do to help myself, you know, not feel like this, or, you know, blah, blah, and it was just really good, and eventually, um, I did get to a point where I was like, do you know what, I think I'm okay now, and I think I can do this on my own, and I've come off them now, and it really has changed my life, in in being able to find ways of coping now with my mental health like I've never like I'm still I still suffer with it but I've never been as good as I am now in managing it yeah so yeah that's the thing I think that's part of like part of the massive thing because 
obviously we've spoken about this um so i'm obviously going to be repeating it but whatever um that kind of thing where um it's um oh shit she's gone <laughs> i literally i was like no i should pretty much oh balls what was i gonna say um uh, it's gone. I'm sorry. I completely forgot what I was about to say. I know that we've spoken about it before, um, about like, um, uh, 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 okay, it's gone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's gone. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's good. To, I think like, you know, you do, you do have to try and find like these coping mechanisms for it because I think it's so easy, especially with like depression and, um, anxiety, um, it's so easy to get yourself into this hole and then you just keep going and going and oh, going yeah. because in the words of James Acaster, you know, it is quite good to sulk. Having a good sulk feels great. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it feels like you just need to do it. And I think yeah. it's, I think it's very good. Like one of the best things that I ever learned like to do with my mental health, don't know if maybe you might have done it when, you know, um, when you're saying, you know, you've came off them and you're better now. Uh, one of the best things I ever did was to um, accept that I'm going to feel a certain way. Instead of being like, right, I'm sad, I need to make myself happy, I would be like, right, I'm sad, what do yeah. I need to do now to you know, allow myself to be that way? So even if it was like, well, I need to go and do this, um, and then after I can do, you know, like, I need to go and work, and then after work I can come home and I can have a bath, you know, whatever and then it's go to bed safe space for you to be able to process and live your emotions yeah. like yeah it's not about going oh i feel sad you're not allowed to feel sad yeah. don't feel yeah. sad you must feel happy mm -hmm. what can we do to be happy yeah i think it's, that's it that's, but that's a, i think that's like a very common misconception i think with 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 depression where it's like you constantly always have to be trying not to be depressed and i mm. and yeah one of the best things i ever did was like i feel depressed today i don't want to get out of bed if i get out and i drink one pint of water good job to me because otherwise yeah. i would have just been in bed all day and yeah. you know miserable or whatever and it's like giving that giving yourself that time to be like yeah, it's like that people, you know, you see it on the internet all the time, that metaphor for, like, if you break your arm, you know, mm. you go and get a cast on it. You don't sit yeah. there being like, right, I'm going to bounce a basketball now, and then be like, I'll deal yeah. with this later, you know, it's, you know. Yeah, it's totally right, and I remember a friend at work said to me, um, he suffered with his mental health a lot, and uh, we were talking about stuff, and I said, oh, but... I feel worse because I know that, you know, there's people going through a lot worse things right now or I don't really have anything to make me feel sad right now. And he said to me, he was like, yeah, there always will be someone worse off for you, but yeah, yeah. it's all relative. Mm -hmm. It's all relative to you. So if you are feeling shit, then don't feel worse because you feel shit and you, you know that you shouldn't be feeling shit or you haven't got anything to feel shit about. Like, if you feel shit, that's, you know, that's value to your to you. Yeah. You're allowed to feel shit. Yeah. You know, regardless of what yeah. it's about. Yeah. But so, and I think that's one of the key things is once you kind of allow yourself mm -hmm. to feel shit, I find for me, it's a lot easier to then kind of go, oh, okay, yeah. I feel shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. And okay, annoying because nothing's really happened. But what, what am I going to do now to kind of, I have a safe environment for me to let this run its course yeah. 
and then when I start kind of coming out of it, cool, I'm, I'm going, Making you know, and I think that's what people don't know what to do, because no one talks about no. it enough and to I be always- able Sorry, I was just interrupt. I was going to say as well though. Every person that I've spoken to that has the same mindset that you and me do, where it's like you have to learn when it's happening. So like your trigger points, know the feeling that you get when it's coming on, and then know what to do when you're going through that. That is something that I taught myself. I'm assuming yeah. that's something you taught yourself, and everybody else that I've spoken to is something that they have had to talk, like teach themselves because you know people were just taught, well, you have depression, right? Be on antidepressants which is fine, I take antidepressants, like, I'm there for it, but, like, instead of being like, right, maybe we should get to the root problem of this, you know, it's it's obviously something, mm. you know, and I, I, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I, I just think, it, yeah, because as I had the, when I was talking to Ed on our, on the first podcast we did, um, I don't think it's really anybody's fault, because I don't think there's enough research and funding that goes into the mental health sector of our yeah or any i don't think i don't know any country that has a perfect mental health apart from sweden but that's because they have shorter working days and other whole mm. different thing but like do you know what i mean like you know it's it's difficult when you have to teach yourself these things when you know you want to bake a cake and, not, and the thing is not everyone can teach themselves yeah yeah, no. yeah, no, not, yeah. You have to want to reach out to help yourself, and sometimes there is such a a, a weight, especially if you know you're depressed or if you're anxious. There's such an anxiety surrounding about you know what's wrong and how to help yourself, whatever that you just never end up reaching out because why and would I think, you? Like, well, like you know, a lot of the advice that you see, it's like talk, talk to someone, talk to someone. Mm. It's so hard yeah, yeah. to talk to someone because. It's so hard to, to even kind of talk to yourself because you don't even know, you know, I find sometimes it's just when I kind of realise what's going on and I think to myself, okay, Nicola, why are you feeling like this? I don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. I haven't got the words to tell you. I don't know. So if you don't have a bloody clue, yeah. you just know that you've got this feeling. How can you talk to someone, you know? And I think, you know, it is important to talk to people, but I just think that whatever, what I've I've seen out there about help with mental health, about talk to someone is it's not that straightforward. And I think I saw like a cartoon thing and it had like um, these two little cartoon humans and one was like, I can't remember what it said, but basically he was, like, under a blanket and he didn't want to get out. So oh, I've seen of, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they get in with them. They just get in with you. Yeah. And they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they just do, you know, they just have to be there. And yeah. I think with, like, mine and Darcy's relationship, that's one of the strongest things that we've got is that, uh, I hope Darcy doesn't mind me saying this, but he, you know, suffers with his mental health too. <laughs> and I think the fact that, Um, But we're both different in kind of how we suffer with it and deal with it, you know, because we're different people. But because we have each other, like, you know, he recognises when I'm feeling crap and I recognise when he is. And we, you know, he likes to be left alone, whereas I do and I don't. Darcy has like the right kind of mixture where he kind of knows. Do you know what I mean? 
and that's just incredible to have because that's also you know being with Darcy for the last eight years seven years eight years um my mental health when I first met him was quite bad at that in that period and it's only gotten stronger and better and then you know when Ellis came along and we had it all kind of spurred it all up into a brand new realm and you know we've got through it together but just just knowing that you have someone there that can have some form of understanding to how you're feeling is just incredible so yeah maybe not like go talk to someone but talk to people to find a network and to find a group of people that you know even if you don't know what to say just listening to people's conversations mm-hmm. will really 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 help yeah yeah, yeah. and to just not be ashamed mm-hmm. to say to someone i suffer with depression or i suffer with my mental health yeah. you know because it isn't shameful as I, like, I can't believe I'm saying this. In my head, whilst I'm saying this, I'm like, well, listen to your own advice, Nicola. Yeah, yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> but, like, no, it's... No, it's true, though. You can't help what's been ingrained in your head, and you can't help it, because, as, as well, it's very... You, as much as you can say, yeah, don't be ashamed of it, it's still a very personal thing. Do you know what I mean? It, it, everyone's depression's different. And, I, I, and we're very lucky that we now are kind of, you know, people of our generation are growing humans that... <laughs> you know, are accepting and, you know, are going to obviously talk openly about all of this stuff, but are, it was never the like that for me when I was growing up. Like, I had depression when I was really young, like, really young, probably like 11 or something, and in school I used to be taken out for, like, counselling stuff, and yeah, I used to have too. this little yellow slip that they used to give me as, like, a get-out card. I think mine was blue. Yeah, but I used to hide that up my sleeve. And just kind of like scurry off and show the teacher, like you know, and then run off, whatever. And everyone just thought I was like getting into trouble or something. Like there was, yeah, there was definitely. But I think as well, it's part probably because you know we didn't have the all the social like media and things like that. But like I had MySpace, but too. that was after. That wasn't like yeah, my you know, and Bebo were stuff. after. Do you ever have Bebo? No, I didn't have Bebo. Oh, but again, as well, like. You know, social media is a great way to use to help, but also it's fucking terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's horrendous. It, that's the thing. It's, it's so, on one half, it's so great that you can get information like that, but then on the other side, it's awful that you can get information like that because, you know, that if anything is to, you know, be learnt from 2020 is how awful news, like fake news, can be spread and you know stuff like that. Um, and it's just so easy. But again, yeah. that is that kind. Of, it is that. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's just. I think that's like a a whole different ball game. And I think with at least we're kind of old enough to where we've kind of been able to to do our school years and teenage years like on the brink as it was coming out yeah. and now like I can't imagine being at school now yeah, with awful. I how it's awful. Now. 
And I was talking to a friend about it the other day, and both of us said, like, you know, I'd find it very hard to get through that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I just, like, I've got two young nieces, and I worry about them with kind of how everything is. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's just awful, you know, like, body image, one thing, but for boys and girls, yeah. you know, for men and women. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just, it's kind of like, the bar environment but on a oh, the biggest scale it's and, the biggest yeah. bar of life and yeah. everyone's in there yeah it's literally but, always on in your pocket as well you know what i mean it's yeah. always there and i think you know i think everyone can kind of relate to that and if you don't relate then i think people were lying um, i think we've all <laughs> i think we've all had that moment where we see something and be like oh it's like do you know what i mean or like you know i remember seeing pictures of this guy and this girl that I was friends with and they were really happy on Instagram they're really happy and then literally they broke up and like they used to they used to be the people that you used to look at and be like oh wow what a great relationship they look like they're best friends like awful I have have that where I've noticed stuff where I'm thinking and 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 like as well like that's played into my like um when we were trying to have Ellis like it took us a year and uh which isn't you know isn't that long in the grand scheme of things obviously i completely understand that people that tried for babies for a hell of a lot every experience is different isn't it yeah um but i just remember like uh like as the months were going by i just couldn't everyone was getting bloody pregnant and then it was just things seeing i had to come off of instagram and facebook because it was awful but i was seeing uni friends falling pregnant and i was just so uh, jealous of yeah. it and it, was, and it was horrible because I didn't want to I didn't want to resent them I no. wanted to congratulate them and deep down I did you know I didn't I didn't want to be horrible about it no, but I could course. just feel myself getting so and Darcy was saying like Nix you can't be like that like mm-hmm. you know we're it what will be will be you know you can't get like that and it, oh it was it was I was becoming a real horrible mm-hmm. person about it and that wasn't me so I had to remove myself, but I guess what I was trying to say ten minutes ago <laughs> was that at least we're at an age where we're well, not at an age, but we've had enough experience to be able to like remove ourselves a lot easier than yeah. younger people can. But yeah. there's so much more like they're in a big long bar that's like they're at the very end, yeah. whereas we're by the exit, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that's a, yeah. I can totally. I get. I agree a hundred percent. I think it's a lot harder for children because they, they are children. Children these days to kind of remove themselves from it because otherwise they're missing out on this whole. They're missing out on yeah. The it's like group. don't go to the bar. Don't go. You know. Don't have yeah. a social life at the bar. Then what do you have? Yeah, exactly. And but like I also think that when I was growing growing up, I'm just assuming obviously it's going to be the same for you. Um, you know, we. It's like when I um. Uh, researched what a bisexual was. I had I had the term bisexual, and luckily we had Google at that time on my very very old computer. You know those ones with the screen like this, like the massive <laughs> yeah. at the back. Yeah, bisexual dot com. Didn't do that. No. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> could you imagine? No, but like I, that was it was quite hard because we didn't hear about it. Like for me, I never knew what a bisexual was. You were either gay a lesbian and you keep it inside 
Yeah, it sounds so black and white, but like it sounds so old. But like genuinely, I've I've been told by people like I don't mind you being gay, but like keep it. I don't want to see it, you know. And that's what yeah. I was kind of, you know, kind. Of, I didn't believe it, but that's what I was told. And um, and then obviously when I realised that, oh maybe maybe I might you know fancy girls, whatever, um, doing the old little thing, and then uh, finding out that that was it and like I felt like this massive like relief where it was like oh god like I'm validated because they were like a very small percentage of people like on forums or whatever saying like they were as well and like saying what it was like Tumblr was a big one like when I was younger like you know that for accepting what that was and the one positive that I think does come from the internet in things like TikTok and stuff like that is it, it, the LGBT community are very broad uh, very recognised online, I think personally. From maybe that's just my little bubble. Um, mm. But other than that, um, I think social media is pretty awful. <laughs> so. I mean, don't get me wrong; it does have its pros. Yeah. It does, but I just think that the dangers with it they are like treble, quadruple mm. to the pros, and it is about kind of having that balance, isn't it? And it's the protection, you know, when you are suffering with your mental health and you are vulnerable Mm. is, you know, you need to kind of be able to say to yourself, like, step back from this, you know, I'm going to put my account on hold for a bit and give myself some time out because, and it, you know, anyway, even if you're not got issues with your mental health, you know, we shouldn't be on our bloody screens all the time and we should be, you know, I've got on your phone, have you turned on like the bedtime routine and it like it counts you down it tells you when relax yeah. now nicola because it's nearly bedtime yeah, I, 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 I tried that for like a week and i was like not for me i love it it stops all of your notifications coming through oh, really? from, like, i yeah, tried so it I, but i just didn't like it because i don't have a very good sleep schedule because i uh, i am i'm, I'm like that. constantly tired i suffer with some sort of tiredness disease or something i don't know but like i'm constantly constantly tired and uh so i'm trying to find this bedtime thing but somehow i can't find it well i like it because it stops my notifications coming through so if i you know click on it and open it i'll see them all but if it pings off so at about half eight it turns off and it's just nice to just have an evening where my phone's not dinging Mm. and you know or I don't know. It just I just found that it's actually quite like it's quite funny. It gives you a little um it gives you a little notification it goes do 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 as if it's going to go And yeah. But that's another thing like we were saying at the start about sleep and stuff. Sleep is a real big thing and that's one of the biggest things that can be affected when you're suffering with your mental health yet it's detrimental to uh and giving you the foundation to sort you know keep yourself safe yeah christ that was a lot of rambling words <laughs> i think my gin and <laughs> No, I get what you mean. <laughs> no, I get what you were trying to say. I get it though. It is. It is. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. There's just like the basics that you need to kind of cover. Yeah. 
uh, which is sleeping. Like we, like you were saying earlier, you know, sleeping, eating, drinking water, water. And the whole cliche of exercise, it's bloody true though. I mean, because like I've always been really active when I was at college. Like I've been a dancer. I'm a dancer all my life. I'm a dancer. Dancer. (laughs) I'm a dancer. But uh. I was always like really sporty at school. I did PE and at college and that. And then uh, when I left uni after my dance degree, and I wasn't Bebe. doing, any- <laughs> I wasn't doing any more exercise. And uh, and that was when I'd moved to Brighton and started working at Medusa and stuff. And I did really find that yeah. you know I um, I went back to the gym for like a month, and it did help. And so this time round. Uh, this summer, uh, I decided to try to start running, and I fucking hate running. And I did the couch to 5k. Big up the couch to 5k. It's brilliant, yeah. and it really, really helped with my mental health. Yeah. And I've stuck to it now. I still run three times a week, mm-hmm. and I do 30 minutes. And even do it to like how fast can I go I just say to myself for 30 minutes you must keep moving you just keep moving for 30 minutes yeah. and it really gives you like the headspace yeah. even when I, I don't really think about much to be honest and that, well, I do I think about food a lot because <laughs> that's the only thing that gets me through the run I just think what am I gonna have for lunch what am I gonna have for dinner what am I gonna have for breakfast tomorrow well I have the same breakfast every day so I know the answer to that <laughs> so what am I gonna have for lunch um, but if I'm not thinking of food, I'm not really thinking of anything, and that's just what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we and Ed tried to run. Well, I say tried, we did run. Uh, ran for a while, as you know. We, we, we ran for ages. Uh, I lost interest in it. I didn't like it. I realised that I liked it at the beginning, but then I realised that actually um, when I was giving myself these goals, I wasn't reaching them. I just didn't feel good. Like, yeah, yeah. I just it made me feel worse. Um, yeah. So I got a yeah, bike. <laughs> so now I ride a bike. Yeah. yeah and also <laughs> as well, it's like I I'm quite like agoraphobic. I don't like going outside on my own. I'm very anxious. Don't like it. Feel like I'm gonna mm-hmm. get killed. And um, sounds dramatic, but genuinely. And um, so I don't like running on my own because I'm like, well, one thing that goes. So if I'm running, I'm like, right. Is anyone following me? It, to me, I don't have a, a blank mind. I'm like, if someone tries to chase me now, I'm already tired. I ain't going to be able to run away. And then it just ruins the whole run. So I got myself a bike. Uh, and then that one was shit. So my dad bought me a bike. Uh, and that one's great. Um, yeah. So now I just go and ride on my bike. But Ed's still doing it. Ed runs like 30 kilometers it's, it's or something. Right. Like, obviously, running is not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like perhaps exercise really isn't for you but if that's the case then just literally setting aside 30 minutes three times a week to uh i don't know do some drawing yeah i was gonna say coloring coloring is quite a big one coloring or i don't know like get um on etsy there's loads and loads of independent small businesses selling really cool like craft box that make random stuff like, I got one sent to me for my birthday, is to make a mosaic coaster. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then I had another one uh, that arrived today, thank you, Pouton, was uh, um, wooden Christmas baubles with all acrylic paint and paint pens so that you can decorate them. Oh, that's amazing. 
so that's the other thing it's like you know if you found something like that that you've never even done before and you just say to yourself I'm going to set 30 minutes three times this week and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do it like it's those little things they make such a big difference and people would I'd hear this all the time and I'd just be like yeah right whatever Mm -hmm. it's not going to make that much deal and I can't be fucked I can't be bothered but just really just giving yourself a small time frame Mm -hmm. and sticking to it so just being like I'm going to do it for a week and if I don't like it then I can leave it and I don't do it again I I also think as well it's kind of like it shouldn't you know it like don't have it like so regimented do you know what I mean don't be like right I'm gonna do this for half an hour every week on this day because that then makes it a cho- I, I, this is just for me don't know if this works for anyone else but to me if I was going to do that because I'm a Sagittarius um, <laughs> I uh, don't like um, routine routine this is the difference so I'm a Libra so I'm terrible at making decisions so I have to ha- I have to have like Right, so I run on a Monday, Wednesday, and a Friday, and I do not deviate from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was like, yeah, like, and Darcy's a bit the same as well. Like, he likes his routine, but he also doesn't like it if it's too regimented. He, he feels a bit too under under pressure, and it yeah. makes it worse. So, again, it's like there is no kind of blueprint to you mental have to work health. it out for yourself. Really, that's what exactly. I did. You know, it would be like, right, we're gonna go for a run like every day or we're going to go for a run five days, whatever, and then I wouldn't be able to go, I'm going for a run on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I would have to be like, right, I'm going to run three times this week. Whenever, whenever I, I feel. Want. Yeah, and as long yeah. as it's kind of, like, you know. But then I think, but yeah. There's no there's no right or wrong way of doing it. You just have to, I think what the point is, 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 is do it for yourself. Yeah. So however, yeah. Yeah. whichever way works best for you, yeah. as long as you're doing it, yeah. You that's know, part that. of the reason why I gave up the running because I was like it's just not fun for me anymore. Yeah. Like, why am I going to do it? Why Why am I carrying on doing it when every yeah, time I do no it, I'm point. frustrated? There's no point putting yourself through something because you think it's what you should be doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but riding my bike, amazing, and that's still exercise. Do you know what I mean? Like I love it. Like it's still just as good as yeah, yeah, yeah. you know running or whatever. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I definitely think like it's fresh air. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. One of the ones that used to get me when I used to, like, be really depressed and on my own and, like, sleep on my sofa and not move for days and, you know, whatever, um, was, like, not having the curtains open and, like, mm. sitting in, like, artificial light, um, yeah. like, that kind of thing. And then getting outside, like, that's why, like, you know, if I wake up first, I'm the first to, like, open the, open the curtains and stuff, which seems like such a stupid thing, but I never used to do that because I just would get up really groggy and just kind of be like, all right, okay, yeah, I'm going under now. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's it. I'm not even going to wake up. Um, but yeah, opening a window and, you know, doing that. Not that I always open a window, but like always, always make sure I open the curtains because that light that comes in, like the natural light. light and yeah, it's just getting air, just fresh air. Mm-hmm. Even if you just stand outside your door and you don't go anywhere, right. yeah. Yeah. it's really, really Im- yeah. like important mm-hmm. and it really helps really helps and like being at the hospital all I was doing was going from the Ronald house walking up the hill into the hospital and then because I was pumping as well with my milk so I'd, ha- I'd go up to see Ellis so I'd have my routine because I like my routine <laughs> and I'd like go up and I'd go see him and I'd like pump by his incubator crib later on 
and then I would uh, stay there all morning and then till lunchtime and then I would walk back to uh, Ronald house have lunch and I'd go back to the thing and sit by his bed and that and then I'd just be literally doing that but I'd make a point where one of the nurses said to me she was like you need to just stop outside somewhere and just sit for 10 minutes and have a coffee or anything or don't do anything but you just need to sit and take in just some fresh air you know for yourself because otherwise in that unit it's so hot and it's stagnant in there and then just kind of like having five minutes not even that and then going back inside again you know it's just not good yeah yeah. and I found when I was living on my own um when I had my flat in Marine Avenue, it had a beautiful little L-shaped garden, and I never ever went in there. Yeah. And it, and I think back now, it's such a shame. It was really lovely. It had like nice decking, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was and I garden. never once sat out there. Yeah, no, I think that's like that's that's the thing. That's one. You're very lucky in Brighton because you get. I know. <laughs> but like, I'm the same. Like when I moved into, I don't. You never came, I don't think. But uh, when I moved into Westbourne Villas in Hove. Um, yeah, I did once. You did. I yeah. think so. And it had that little patio bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see, I use that sometimes. I mean, I was never really there because I was working and then staying out all the time. Um, but like, you know, when I, whenever I was there. I did go out sometimes and like colour or I'd go out and have a cider or I'd go out and like at the time when I smoked and like have a cigarette and just kind of sit there after Um, and that was really good but then I was already in a really bad mental state then anyway so it didn't really help me I think it was just again I was doing that thing like well I should be out and this is going to fix me and then when it didn't because I'm so bad at it when things don't go my way I take that as a personal um a personal thing against me like I've done something wrong like we did a live stream earlier and um, I was like ticking through a song and uh, then my nose started bleeding I don't know if I'd hit myself or something I don't know my nose started bleeding and then I just got really pissed off because I because I was ticking I was forgetting the words because I was concentrating on so much and then I just got really frustrated and Ed was just like why are you getting stop getting frustrated like you know and I get you're frustrated but like you've wanted to be productive this is a productive thing that you've done like just be happy that you've done this and then yeah. my my brain though goes well I wanted it to go perfect and if it doesn't go perfect or or if I don't get something straight away then I give up I'm like I need to do this if I don't make it perfectly like origami you know if I make the secret it comes out shit I'm never picking up origami again like I'm exactly the same yeah. I'm like I'm all or nothing like if I'm doing something I have to go full all in and it has and I have to be good at it and it has to go well and if it doesn't go well I take things so personally yeah me too I'm bloody real and like I couldn't be a teacher because I got so upset when the kids would like shout at me and I (laughs) took it so personally and they were just being kids but I would like I felt like I was back at school yourself yeah the toddlers that I was trying to teach well they weren't toddlers they were older than that but you know who I was trying to teach dance to I felt objectified by and it was just ridiculous because I was just I'm just so hypersensitive with stuff like that and it like looking back it was bloody hilarious because they weren't doing anything at all they were just Mm -hmm. being themselves but I was there like like crying sometimes after the lessons because I couldn't handle it so being a teacher that went bye-bye but um 
but even now like so now I'm doing this virtual assistant stuff and I'm working on um two website builds but this one website build I'm working on at the moment I've worked with these people before and it was really tough going like before because there was just so much kind of demand on me and it's not necessarily the demand of the task but it kind of is because yeah if I don't do it like I have to do everything like the best so when I was like working at Paramount and I was really thorough with everything that I was doing and if anyone if there was a mistake and I knew I'd made the mistake I'll own up to it and go shit sorry my bad this was this is how I rectify it Mm. but if someone accuses me of making a mistake and I haven't done it oh I can't handle it I get I, I get so emotional I can't handle it at yeah, all yeah. and I take it so personally mm-hmm. and I waste so much energy like kind Thinking of being about it. like you know uh, I'll have you know that on this day at 8.58 I sent this email and then I sent this email and it's just ridiculous where someone would go oh whatever yeah. over my head that's mm-hmm. happened oh well never mind you know yeah. it's fixed now so yeah. who cares well I think it yeah I think it's like with people that who are a bit like that I mean I speaking for myself I think I yeah I take it so personally because um I I don't want people to judge me and I want people I'm a very very big people pleaser the amount of times that I've said yes to things that I didn't want to say yes to the amount of times that I have even the simplest thing like oh can you cover my shift at work yeah okay do you know what I mean like straight away you're like oh yeah like I I shouldn't have done that like you know the amount of times I had to like change plans that I had already made because I wanted to do the best and that was that was because I wanted my managers to think the best of me and I wanted yeah. my co-workers to do the best like to think best of me or whatever did they cover my shifts did they fuck do you know what I mean and then that's when I realized like, like there are positives of being like that but it's also it's just finding the balance yeah. with it yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. letting it affect you you know yeah. to your mental I've definitely bit. got that now I definitely yeah. definitely have that now whereas I would say about two years ago I didn't have it at all like but it's like doing this uh work um like last week I've I just put so much pressure on myself and when they were kind of coming back which happens with creative work you know oh, I don't really like that design could you send something else fuck you I'm burning I, it I was like what, what do you mean? what I, I can't believe it and then you know okay fine got myself together and went oh actually no you're right I've done this, and then they're like, oh, yeah, that, that's that's nice. And then I'm like, yeah, actually, that is nice. That's better than what I did. Oh, okay, no worries. But it's just, and that was starting to trigger me off. And then I noticed, you know, I started snowballing a bit, and Darcy said to me, like, you can't put this pressure on yourself. You can't be beating yourself up all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, you know, that I'm, I always do, and I've noticed that I always do, and, you know, with Ellis as well. I still blame myself, even though they still don't know why I gave birth prematurely. I think it was purely... I generally do think this. I went to a comedy gig, right, and there was no toilet seat on the toilet, and the toilet cubicle was really narrow, and I couldn't hover, so I had to sit on it, right? had a wee, and I came down and I said to my mate, oh, thank God for the mucus plug, because I've just sat on a fucking toilet with no toilet seat. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, I fucking gave birth right. due to an infection in my waters. 
well, they think it was an infection in my waters. Oh, but dear. And I said, could I have got that from a toilet seat? And they were like, no, don't be stupid. But I was like, but you're not going to tell me, are you, no. the truth? If I've just, do you know what I mean? They're not going to go, yeah, actually, that probably was the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I still do think that's why. Yeah. But anyway, well, I yeah, do That's not your fault, though. You need to I, well... I, I wasn't to know, but still, yeah. I you know, I can't help but feel responsible yeah. for what's happened to Ellis. And I've had to really be wary of myself because I could quite easily slip back into beating myself up about that really badly. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And I have to really, you know, think about the positives, but also think about, you know, what have I, you know, I've... Uh, been there for him and I've done my best yeah. you know yeah. so regardless of kind of what's happened we have to look at the now and Ellis is thriving and I've done my best so He's perfect little boy I love him so much and that is He's yeah little darling. that is though that is a that is a definitely the way that you got to think about it because I think no. you know sorry go on. No, I was gonna say that like, I think that it doesn't like obviously you know I do not think that it's your fault at all, but I know as well that you're not going to... If you feel that way, you feel that way. So, you know, I can't, like, you know, anyone could not really change your mind. It's you kind of understanding that or whatever. Um, but, yeah, no, you've done an amazing job. Alice is lovely. Wonderful. Thanks. Look, he's still my... I won't show... I won't put this on the thing, but look. Ah! I'll cut that. <laughs> yeah. I'll blur his face. I think uh, I just want to say as well, like just talking to you on this podcast, like I've, I've been feed, you know, like I've listened to the other two and I've texted you each time just being like, oh, brilliant podcast. And, you know, I've learned this from this one and yeah. it's got me thinking about this one. And I just think it's so good. And I know that you've started it as a kind of a way to help process your experience with Tourette's and, and mental health. But, like, just now, just then talking about kind of feeling guilty about Ellis and everything else, like, this has been really therapeutic, so thank you. Because I was a bit worried that it was going to have the opposite effect and I'd get a bit triggered by it all and then I'd end up being like, why did I say that? Why did I say that? Well, well, like, I I message everyone that I've ever ever asked on it. Um, If you say something that you don't want on, then even if it takes away 20 minutes from the podcast, I'd rather... I'd rather something go out that both people are comfortable with. Like, I mean, I like when I was talking to, again, I'll cut this bit. But yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that's part of the reason, like, yeah, I, when I when I started the podcast is because I was obviously having, well, actually, my tick's been all right in this. Or maybe that was just because I had, like, a thing, but, you know. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. oh, now they're coming. Yeah, now they're coming, <laughs> yeah. No, um, that was my question to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say if there's any questions. Yeah, I Ask have one. I have a question, mm-hmm. and it is um, okay. Let me try and word this. Uh, explain any strategies you may have that then other people might find useful. Oh, okay. Um, so because I still have not really been diagnosed with Therese, and I explained this on Damien's podcast. Yeah, sorry, well. don't mean no, to keep no. I know. I'm just no. I, no, but I, I call it Therese because it's the easiest way to explain what's going on basically um it's been such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of everything um i don't really have specific answers for that because 
sometimes certain things will work and sometimes other things won't work so now I don't think I've been ticking as much like my eyes have been going and stuff mm. and my feet but I think the reason why I'm not like vocally ticking so much is because I'm concentrating and I'm having a conversation and I'm you know in the conversation and I'm doing a thing like when I have my driving lessons I don't tick like my driving instructor doesn't know that I have what's going on with me because I can yeah, that's kind of zone in and do that um but then I do have times where I'm literally like I just can't control it so um obviously when I was around your house for Halloween and I was sitting there saying god knows what calling Darcy a French fucker or whatever I was saying <laughs> like do you know what I mean like I can't I can't help that but then it's good because obviously we were we're like really close friends so it's funny and we're just laughing about it and it's fine and like you know I can have that outburst and then 10 minutes later I'll be all right and like you know it's fine um but it happened to me the other day when I was at the doctor's and uh I was in and literally I was like ticking and stuff because I was filling out this form um and like this mum and this mum and son were like laughing and pointing at me and all this stuff yeah and then um, this guy as well that was at the desk was like staring at me and laugh, like talking and like kind of giving me really dirty looks. Like literally there was like about six people in the office and they were all staring at me. And I wasn't saying anything offensive. I was literally like going, <laughs> like, you know, hey. Um, and then when I realized they were staring at me, I like was like hitting my head, like just like that. Not very hard, but like I was still doing it. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of looking at them, just kind of like trying to smile, but obviously I've got a mask on, so I just probably look even more insane. And like, <laughs> that was one time that I was like, I wish I could control my tics because I can see like people look, and I'm still not used to that yet. I'm still not used to complete strangers turning around looking at me for that. Normally they would do it because I have like bright green hair or bright pink hair. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like, you know, they look at me and I know the reason they're looking at me is just because of my hair how it used to be but now they're looking at me because I'm they think I'm weird because I'm making these noises and I'm doing this stuff and that was one time that I was like I wish I found a coping mechanism to do to know that but when I walked out the doctor's office one of my ticks was to tell them all to fuck off so that was brilliant that was brilliant literally as soon as I walked walked out I was like hey fuck off Fuck the lot of you, fuck off. And then I walked to the car and then I did cry because I was like, you know, it's like that kind of thing where it's just like Ed was on the phone and I got in the van, I got in the van, didn't realise he was on the like phone. And I was like, I fucking hate people, they're all fucking assholes. And then Ed was like, oh, I'm on the phone. He was like on the phone to the bank or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, uh, sorry, I've got Tourette's. Obviously it wasn't Tourette's, but yeah. Um, and that was one moment that I was just like, yes, I wish I had. But then coming out of that now, I think my overall view of like learning to cope with it and what I keep trying to remind myself and like my coping mechanisms is to not worry so much about what other people were thinking, which obviously mm -hmm. is so much easier said than done. Obviously, I still care. Otherwise, I wouldn't have cried. Otherwise, you know what I mean? But is trying to teach myself that people aren't trying to be horrible they just don't understand yeah. um i think another part is um accepting that this is how i am now i think that's a very very hard thing that um i have had to deal with because obviously i've gone so and so many years and then suddenly mm. now i can't 
control this or that, which is obviously very difficult, but it's coming to terms with that, which I kind of have now. It's, you know, it's, what am I going to do about it? Like, <laughs> there's nothing I can do, so I might as well get on with it. Um, but in terms of, like, coping mechanisms to, like, help that, um, I haven't really found one that works for me yet, but my friend Damien, who was on last time, he was saying that if he gets it, he does his hands, he point, puts every finger on his thumb and yeah. does that, and he, like, counts it and stuff, and that's good, and his thing. Um, so I just need to kind of, like, play around with that, I think, and try and find something that works for me, the same as, you know, dealing with mental health and exercising and stuff, I think that one person's way of dealing with something is not the same as somebody else's. No, definitely not. And but at least, yeah. even if it isn't, just kind of having those conversations and, and getting inspiration of of, of what pe- of other people are doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've definitely done that, like, since Damien has told me, you know, I've definitely been, like, I did it today on the live stream and I realised I was ticking, and, like, I think... I think, actually, no, you know what, I think the one coping thing that I have, not that it, like, stops me from ticking or whatever, but it does kind of ground me, is just closing my eyes and taking a deep breath and just being, like, let's just get through it one sentence at a time, or, you know, if I'm talking, it's just kind of like, right, you know, let's go, or whatever. Um, And I did try and do the finger, touching each finger with the thumb kind of thing, um... But yeah, I don't know. It's so it's so early on that I just don't know at the moment. Um, yeah, I guess as well. Like you know, it's gonna be really good. The more people you get on that have the same or similar as you, yeah, yeah, finding out what they do. I just think it's great, dude. You starting this podcast because I think it's. I think I really. I'm not condescending. I'm really proud of you for doing it because it's a way that you're you're doing something like we were like what we've been discussing this whole time is like finding, you know, this is a strategy. You're fine. You found an outlet. Uh, Yeah, actually. Yeah, you're right. Completely. This is something that I did. And I and also when I was like at first I was like doing those pictures on like Instagram and putting them on my Facebook as well as like putting videos of me and stuff. Um, And obviously uh, it, the videos of me hitting myself and stuff really upset my family although mm. you know my dad messaged me and my mum you know messaged Ed or whatever my dad was just like look if that helps you then that's fine but like I just want yeah. you to know I can't look at them but I support you and whatever and then I realised that doesn't actually help me as much that doesn't help me now that doesn't help me because I don't want to upset people I don't want to ha- turn people away from looking mm. at it I want people to listen and understand and be able to educate themselves although i know it's a different situation because obviously it's my dad like watching me hit myself i get i get that it's not about that but um yeah so this was just a way that i figured you know it might be next is writing a book yeah brilliant idea i just think it's great i just think i'm just i really commend you for because it's it's really brave to be doing something like this Mm. and you know even if no one bloody listens to it well who gives a fuck you know it's helped you i've had a bloody whale of a time and i was so worried about you know like i said like i was a bit worried about what to say and i and like said like i've never really spoken about my mental health to anyone Mm. and i've always kind of kept it a bit quiet and because i'm i am 
quite an extrovert. I'm also a very shy person. People don't realise that, but I am actually really shy. And, uh, you know, so people are, like, I, you know, don't know this other side to me. And I kind of think a bit like um, Robbie Williams, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Brilliant. Cut that off, please. (laughs) I kind of think about Robin Williams, and uh, he's just a prime example of, you know, someone that you would never imagine to have been suffering with their mental health, and, you know, because he was just so upbeat and positive and funny and everything, and it's not saying all people that are funny and upbeat and positive must be depressed underneath that. I think it's a testament to how how easy it is. Uh, for people not to notice and also how easy it is for people to hide it uh, yeah. when they want it's to. Just not, yeah, it's not healthy and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of expecting that when this comes out, you know, and you'll share it and I'll share it too, it's kind of like, I do feel a bit like, whoo, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I wonder who's going to listen to it yeah. and I wonder if, you know, and I don't, I think I've got, my friends that I know then you know then my friends that are my friends friends know me anyway mm-hmm. and friends that may have not realized I know aren't gonna it's not gonna change their opinion of yeah. me and it yeah. wouldn't mean them either yeah. you know I know what you mean we have mutual friends that are probably closer to me but know you but don't know that side of you I get it exactly 100% I, I was like that the first podcast that I ever did with when I was on Damien's and David's podcast Men Talk Health and uh, it was that was the first time I came out publicly. People knew that I was bisexual, but I'd never said it out loud. I'd never told anyone, you know, whatever. And I remember doing that, feeling really good, and then walking away, being like, "What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I like people are gonna know that now. Like, my dad's gonna listen to it. My dad listened to it. Like, my nan and granddad listened to it. Do you know what I mean? And like, suddenly it's just like all of these people now know, you know, and. But actually, in a way, as soon as it yeah. was out, as soon as it was out, it was so liberating. Because I was like, well, there's nothing I can do now. This is it. I've been honest with myself. I've been truthful with myself. Yeah. And that's all I can do. Um, we won't. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. That's fine. That we've done this podcast. And mm-hmm. I actually feel it, is been, it has been liberating talking about my mental health with yeah. you. Yeah. And then, you know, it kind of going out there. Yeah. But that's because it's a, a stage where you're ready. Do you know what I mean? It is, it's probably yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like I don't, I don't really shy away. If someone wants to talk to me about it, then I'll talk to them about it. Yeah. But I think you know, I don't know. I just, I think I'm quite. I'm really lucky that I have really good friends that uh, I can talk to, but also. Pretty much all of my closest friends have issues with their mental health, mm-hmm. and we have a I have a strong relationship with each and every one of them that they talk to me and I talk to them yeah and I never had that yeah um you know i didn't have i had close friends obviously at school I had like my best friends but I don't ever really remember talking to them about. I'm literally I still am so bad at talking about my and I think it was all kind of as well it was all um disguised by being a teen and like your hormones and you know which is 
you know, when you are a teenager and, you know, you have your first proper breakup or, you know, all the drama that comes with it and, you, you know, you get kicked out of home for the first time and all this bollocks. And it's kind of like, it's really easy for your kind of mental health to be hidden away under the blanket of it's just because you're a volatile teen and you don't know you know just give yourself time to become a grown-up and it will all be fine yeah 100% when I used to like spend like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks in my room not coming out you know it was because I was a teenager and people would make a jo- you know, jokes like oh it's the vampire they've come out of you know yeah, they've seen yeah. the sunlight whatever and it's just like I've been in bed crying for the last four days. Where the fuck were you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it is that kind of... And not that it's anyone's well. fault, not blaming anyone. Yeah. No, no. But, as well, know. it's kind of like, I think people start realising is when they see that same person 10, 20 years later, and they're still, you know, kind of having these episodes, they're like, oh. Yeah. It's not because they're a teenager, it's because they it. generally... Yeah, have problems. Yeah. 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 No. Well, I yeah. You know. Um. Is there anything else you would like to ask me? Um. Because I really need a wee, so I might. Yeah, I need a wee. I'm getting my. Should we have a quick wee break, and you can think of if you have any questions. If not, we can just end the recording. And we can just have a drink together. Yeah, I don't think I do have it. I have been trying to think of questions, yeah. and I That's don't. Okay, you don't have to have any. I don't want to ask you terrible ones. Uh, Okay, what do you mean terrible? Like, well, I don't ones. really have any other questions. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like rude <laughs> ones. Like, what? Um, okay, well, we'd, uh, let me just end the recording. Okay, and then uh, there we go for a wee. Thank you for joining. Oh, wait. Sorry. Wait a sec. Thank you for joining me, Nicks. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you. It's been... Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And, um, yeah. You're Thank back you so in. Much. You're allowed back any time. Oh, thank you, dude. No, it's really, I've found this, like, in a, not a narcissistic way, uh, I've found it just really liberating to be able to talk to you. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh. Right. I've I've stopped the recording. Okay, let me stop the recording. Oh, shit. Oh, God, I wasn't, I said stop the recording. Now I'm not prepared. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh.